I thought it was just going to be me and Brother Danny this morning. I am glad you're here, although I've spoken to much, much smaller crowds back in my early days of preaching in Jackson County. I love seeing you here. So glad that you are. We have many, I know this morning, given the circumstances, that are watching from our live stream. Uh, if you're doing that, we've not ever asked this before, but just to, to see, uh, if you're watching this morning, I'm pretty sure my mother and father are, uh, go to our Facebook page and, and put present there, and we'll, we'll see how many are, are watching this morning. In case you haven't heard, there's something going on. I watched on the news this morning, I think. There might be some sicknesses going on. Not to make light of it, of course, but to hopefully this morning bring some balance to an otherwise chaotic circumstance. Because while so many shelves were emptied over the last few days, I learned this morning where they were restocked. You can't escape. We've got all the doors locked. You can't get out. So go, go after lunch. Go after lunch and get anything you might need. But there is something going on, and it, it is serious, and sometimes it's difficult to determine how serious do we take it. Do we come in with hazmat suits, or do we do nothing? And hopefully, through the wisdom of our elders, we have found some balance this morning at the Birdwell's Chapel Church of Christ and other congregations who have made their decisions to do things for the good of their congregations. We pray for them as well, for they are doing what they believe to be in their congregation's best interest. But personally this morning, what scares you the most about what's going on? How other people act, possibly, and the mass hysteria that you may have observed, even personally, that maybe you won't get to see as much basketball as you'd hoped. I know that's disappointing. My little 7th grade robotics team was supposed to go compete in a world championship. For robotics and we're pretty disappointed about that to be sure or perhaps you're scared and nervous about whether or not you'll get the things you need which is definitely a serious matter there is a risk of spreading this virus so many are taking necessary precautions to avoid spreading germs because basically there's so much we don't know well as normal Whenever we face any sort of life circumstances, we want to look to Scripture to see what it has to say. Please turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And let's look at a crisis that the Israelites had to face. And let's see how they handled it this morning and ask the question, Christians during a crisis, how do you handle what's going on personally? Deuteronomy chapter 31, beginning with verse 1. So Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am a hundred and twenty years old today. I am no longer able to come and go, and the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross this Jordan. The Israelites are poised, ready to cross the Jordan, ready to go to the promised land, and then Moses, their leader, comes to them and says, I can't go with you. Now, anytime there is some sort of change today, think about the bosses you have had, or maybe you being the boss, or maybe when a preacher decides to travel south. Think about how that makes you feel individually. It's kind of unnerving when there's a major change like that. It's somewhat unnerving 
for the Israelites here as Moses tells them, hey, I can't go with you. This was a crisis, most likely, in their mind. But look at what he says in verse 3. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. Perhaps sometimes the Israelites put too much pressure on Moses, put too much thought and, and credence in Moses, because what does he say? It's the Lord your God, he's going to go across with you anyway. I can't go, but don't you remember that God is with you? He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you just as the Lord has spoken. So for the children of Israel, they knew Joshua, but they also knew that they had put a lot of trust in Moses, even though they'd had difficult times. This, as a social, social upheaval, was upsetting to them, most likely. And it can be viewed as a crisis for our purposes this morning. So what should Christians do? How should Christians respond when something like this goes on? First off, we should remember hope over hype. When everyone else is alarmed at a 10, maybe we should be, perhaps we should be a 6 or a 5 because we need to be careful, right? The CDC is there for a reason. We need to be careful. But we shouldn't be losing our minds. For an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, or perhaps a 12-pack of toilet paper, depending on where you are in that world. Has this been hyped, is the question? Maybe. Plenty of politicians and businesses stand to benefit from the peddling of fear, and many of us, myself included, are extremely cynical. Well, we won't know until it's all over, to be sure. Nonetheless, our hope should be in Christ, regardless of how bad things get ever. Our hope should be in Christ. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. And see what that has to tell us. Matthew chapter 12. It's actually talking about us today in many respects. In Matthew chapter 12, the Pharisees were conspiring to kill Jesus. Because he was healing on the Sabbath. Because he was doing something that they did not think he should be doing. So they sought to destroy him. One of the many times. Matthew chapter 12 in verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Verse 18, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. And in the name of Jesus, the Gentiles will hope. Your hope should be in Christ, regardless of what happens. For the trials that we face today pale in comparison to those trials that the early Christians had to go through as they were sought to be killed, even in the day of Saul, before he became Paul the Apostle. 
They were sought out to be killed and to be destroyed after Jesus went to His home in heaven with His heavenly Father. So how do we handle distresses? How do we handle trials? Hopefully, we remember where our hope lies. Hope for a better tomorrow. Hope for a good day today. For it is He who offers a better life here. He offers peace. He offers freedom from anxiety. He offers salvation. So while things might knock us out of our normal, relaxed, luxurious lives in many respects, may we always remember it is Christ who we should hope in regardless of the state of the world. This is a scary time, but are you really trusting in Him? This is a, a time for you to ask that question. Things you know, seem glum right now, but are you trusting in Him throughout scary times like this and others that are sure to come? Whether it be a worldwide something, or whether it be simply something that's personally in your own life. Does your faith make you feel better? You must give your life to Jesus for this to occur. Many have not. Many hear my words right now and they think, well, what does that do for me? It's because you've not experienced it yet. It's because you've not put Him on in Christ. It's because you've not tended to that relationship so that whenever you read His words, you think, wow, that's for me. That's helping me feel better. That's helping me instill my hope that I should have. I know what Dale's talking about now. If you're not feeling that hope, if you're not feeling that peace, that freedom from anxiety, and so many cares of this world, it's probably because you've not made sufficient contact yet. Pray that you will. Pray that you will see that contact must be made spiritually with Christ. Become a Christian in just a little while. If you're not a Christian, you need to be one in order to take full advantage of what Christ has to offer. Too many people trust in material things and in government officials and so many people to heal them. But it is only Christ that can truly heal you in this world and in the later world. Statistically, there's little chance, most likely, that you'll get this sickness, although it's still quite early. But there is 100% chance that you'll stand before God on judgment day. And we should all be very concerned about this. Matthew 8 and verse 17 says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Jesus came to heal you. Jesus came to heal you particularly spiritually. But as much physical healing as Jesus did, Jesus Christ was way more concerned with spiritual sickness than anything else. He said in John chapter 10 that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Have it abundantly through the good times, have it abundantly through the bad times. And the antidote, his blood that was spilled on the cross at Calvary is still available. It's available for you this morning and it won't run out. You can't hoard it even if you wanted to try. With all that you have today, count your blessings and pray to God. Praise Him for His healing and all that He can do for you. During this time of uncertainty, as in all others, our trust should be in Jesus. Let's look to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 26 the Israelites, during a trying time in this chapter, 
had some difficulty trusting in God. And so often, as is the case, we can look to Scripture to see how we can respond, how we should respond, maybe how we shouldn't respond to such trying times. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 26, Moses is speaking. Yet you were not willing to go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. These Israelites were taken out of slavery. They were removed from that. And then all they could think about was, God has brought us here to destroy us. They couldn't see the blessing for what they had. Verse 28. Where can we go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt, saying, The people are bigger and taller than we. So they're being downtrodden, you see. They're being pushed down. We can't overcome our enemies. They're bigger than we are. They're forgetting about the God they serve. Are you forgetting about the God you serve today? And whenever you look at adversity in your life, whatever it may be, do you not see a larger God standing there with you to get you through it? The cities are large and fortified to heaven, they say. And besides, we saw the sons of the Anakim there. Then I said to you, do not be shocked nor fear them. Remember, Christian, do not be shocked... When bad things happen, do not be shocked when fear comes your way. Do not be shocked when there are obstacles in front of you. The Lord your God, verse 30, who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son in all the way which you have walked until you came to this place. That is the God we serve today. The God that sees us cower and be afraid when that happens, when you do that. This is the same God who is up in heaven and says, don't you remember that I'm with you? Don't you remember I can help you through this difficult time? Don't you remember that I sent my son for you? Don't you remember that when you were baptized, you received the gift of the Holy Spirit and you have that living in you? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid when tough times come your way, but be resilient. What do you do in the face of adversity? Hopefully this event has helped you see where you are in this material world. Because if you are taking good care of yourself and your family, you should be somewhat prepared for such occasions as this. Christians should be prepared spiritually, but also in other ways. It's how we can be good stewards of what we've been blessed with and make a difference when a crisis does strike, to be able to stand out and be the helper that's on the side of the road, helping other people who are in need. Over the last week, since the tornadoes, I've heard Church of Christ on the news more than I ever have. And I love it. Church of Christ Disaster Relief. There, they were even a teacher going through some gift receipts. And there was a Church of Christ listed on that gift receipt. Jesus is there. God is there. The Holy Spirit is working and moving within His people. You've got to be a part of that though. And you've got to realize, you know, I serve a, a risen Savior. One who has overcome the worst of adversity than any man on this earth should have to face. I can have that power and use it in my daily life as well. 
In the third century, there was a pandemic that swept across Europe. Of course, people panicked. But there was one class of people who refused to react out of fear, that being the Christian population of the day. The Roman Emperor Julian wrote, The number of Christians has grown because of their moral character and by their benevolence towards strangers and care for the sick. The historian Rodney Stark said that you can trace the rise of Christianity to three, through three major plagues in the 2nd, 3rd, and 6th century. Christianity grew, he said, because other people looked at what they did during times of crisis. Instead of panicking, they demonstrated tremendous faith and compassion. This made people want to be like them. This made people want to know Jesus. So through adversity, you see, we can show Christ, we can be a light, we can be the salt that we have been called to be. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31, back to our original passage. As the children of Israel learned that their, their leader Moses is going to pass on, his, his time to die is at hand, and he won't be going to the promised land with them. Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be, be dismayed. Passages like this that we must remember when we are faced with adversity. Finally, are you prepared in the time of a crisis? Why are people rushing to the stores and buying? The supply is always at Kroger for normal use. I look for something can't ever find it because there's always so much stuff there. For normal use, the stores are always well stocked. But when a crisis hits, people do what we call panic buying, which creates a whole other set of problems. We're all taking precautions, but there is another side to human behavior that you may see going on right now, that being the ugly side. As humans, we grow complacent in our daily lives, and when something doesn't go as planned, like a worldwide pandemic, we don't know how to react, so we panic. And we try to control what we can because life seems so out of control. We panic because most people are not prepared for a crisis, and this lack of preparation leads to irrational decisions, which creates more harm than if people would simply keep a level head. One example of this, do you realize that you risk your life every day? You're more likely to perish in a car accident than you are of a lot of other things in this world. But you're going to drive home, and you'll continue to drive every single day. It's just a matter of what we get adjusted to and believe we have control over. So what can you do? First off, keep a level head during these times. Understand what you can't control. You can't control the stock market. You can't control tornadoes or the coronavirus, but you can be there for your family 
and for your fellow man. Next, be prepared. When all of this has settled, you can be prepared for the next crisis that will occur so that you might be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Finally, have faith. Be emotionally strong and level-headed when the apostles were, you know, in the boat with Jesus. You know, he's asking them, where is your faith? Where is your faith, Peter? Where is your faith, John and James? That's something that Christians have that, that other people in this world do not have, those who do not have faith. The Proverbs writer says here, if you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. I don't want my strength to be limited, especially when I serve a creator who loves me. I don't want my strength to be limited. I want to be the person that, that other people rely on and admire. And you should be that way too, because you are a Christian. Being slack here means you're not prepared. You're not prepared in a lot of ways, but particularly by your faith. So do not be slack, but remember where your strength is, for it is not limited from our God and our Savior. After Moses passes, leadership of the Israelites is given to Joshua, who then takes them into the promised land. An uncertain time for this new leader and his followers. And Joshua 1.9 is a reiteration of the passage that we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Many people turn to God during times like this past week, for instance, during the tornadoes. And then we see this throughout our history. But what will happen spiritually once things calm down? Well, they will. Moses' death is near and the faith of the Israelites is questioned in the Deuteronomy passage. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 20 says, For when I bring them into the land... This is a prophecy of how the Israelites are going to act. Okay, So make your own prediction, if you will, about how things are going to go as this virus recedes and things calm down. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 20 says, For when I bring them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and are satisfied and become prosperous, then they will turn to other gods and serve them, and spurn me and break my covenant. They're with me now. Christians, you're with God now. Many people who are out in this world... You're with me now, God says, but when things are blessed, when things start going well with you, you're more than likely going to go back to your old ways, serving other gods, neglecting your spiritual life. I pray that no one here does this, but that this will embolden your resolve and help you see how much faith you need to have in God if you feel as though you have been lacking. For there will always be events that occur that make us nervous, whether we're driving down the highway or whether we see scary things on the news. There will always be events of this sort. Be prepared for those, but you should also be prepared for the judgment day that we will all face, that we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. and He will look at you and He will say, Come to me and enter into heaven, or He will say to you, I never knew you. Be prepared spiritually, if nothing else. If you want to become a Christian this morning, we can help you with that.
You can be baptized and be added to the body of Christ, the church where Christ is the head. Or if you've fallen away and have left your faith, left your, your Christ, left your Savior, I pray that you will come forward and let us pray for you that you might be forgiven and return to Him. Won't you come now as we stand and sing?